Welcome to Every Believer Confident, hosted by Dr. Mark Farnham, where we explore in seven minutes or less how to effectively share and defend your faith. This is apologetics for the average Christian, with ideas and practical principles that can help you this week as you engage unbelievers with the good news of the gospel. Let's go get some confidence. Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Mark Farnham, and uh, you are listening to the Every Believer Confident Podcast. And this is the first episode, and we are talking about the basics of apologetics. What is apologetics? Uh, Why do we need it? Do we need it? So let's start, first of all, with what it is. Apologetics is essentially the defense of the Christian faith against objections raised against it. And we draw the idea of apologetics straight from 1 Peter 3.15. So if you have your Bibles, you can take a look at this passage. But 1 Peter 3.15 is the primary passage in the New Testament where we see apologetics taught about, uh, described, details given regarding how we are to defend the faith. So Peter is writing to persecuted Christians, and he is writing to those who Uh, are required by the Roman government to pledge allegiance to Caesar, to declare Caesar as Lord, and Peter obviously tells them they cannot do that as Christians. And uh, he writes in verse 13, Now who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. So Peter asks the question, who is there to harm you? Well, lots of people, Peter, the Romans, for example, but ultimately... No one. Uh, No one can harm us uh, if God is in control. And and Peter goes on to say, even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. And here is the key verse here, 1 Peter 3.15. But in your hearts regard Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Now that phrase, make a defense, or in some translations, gives an, give an answer, is the Greek word apologia, from which we get apologetics. That is, for those who dispute that we even need apologetics, that it's unnecessary, just preach the gospel. Uh, here Peter is calling us to give an answer. And this is a legal term, which has the idea of make a reasonable defense in a court of law in order to redeem yourself from false accusations, that is to defend yourself, to give an answer in such a way that you are vindicated. And that's exactly what Peter is calling us to do here, uh, that we need to always be prepared. Now he starts off, first of all, saying, but in your hearts regard Christ the Lord as holy. Again, this would be a direct affront to the requirement to declare that Caesar is Lord. Peter says we must start with the full assurance, the confident assurance, the conviction that Christ alone is Lord, and uh, to settle that in our hearts. Sometimes people want to do apologetics and engage unbelievers when uh, it really hasn't been settled in their hearts that they are absolutely sure that Christ is indeed the Lord, that salvation is only through him, that the gospel of Christ is exclusive. So Peter says the first step here is to begin with this settled assurance that Christ is the Lord and to settle that in your hearts. And then he goes on to say, always being prepared to make a defense or to give an answer. So Peter is calling us to spend time 
preparing to spend time uh, and money and effort investing in learning answers and learning our faith. A big part of apologetics is understanding what you believe, even more than trying to figure out what other people believe and uh, learning that to a great extent. But the idea here is that we would know what we believe because we have put time and effort into it. I think this is one of the biggest problems with people who desire to do apologetics, but they actually have put not much effort into it. They don't know their own faith. I will often ask uh, Christians when I speak to them, whether in a church or in my classes, how many of you have read the Bible that you want to defend? And uh, many have to admit that they've not really read much of the Bible or have never read the Bible through. When I've met a number of atheists who've made it a point to read the Bible once or twice all the way through. So it starts with this idea that we must uh, be prepared ourselves to know what we believe and then to be ready when opportunities arise to give an answer or to defend the Christian faith. Peter proceeds and he says, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. The word reason here is uh, the root of the word is logic. That is, we are to prevent, present a rationale. We are to present a reasonable defense, not just to quote verses, although that is important and quoting Bible verses is a fine thing to do, but rather to explain reasons why we believe that Christianity is true. And if you notice through all this, Peter is not writing to pastors and professors. He is writing to Christians. That is, it is the responsibility of every Christian to be putting effort into preparing themselves for engagement with unbelievers on this question of the truth of Christianity, defending Christianity when it is slandered, when it is spoken ill of, and presenting Christ clearly and compellingly. He concludes verse 15 by saying, uh, yet do it with gentleness and respect. The idea here is that we do not defend the faith in an arrogant, antagonistic, confrontative, contentious way, but rather we are to engage people with gentleness. That is that we should care about them. We should have the same view of them as we do well, as God has of them, that God loves them. God wants them to be saved as much as he wanted us to be saved before we came to know him. And not only with gentleness, but with respect. Now, this is the Greek word phobos. It has the idea of either respect or fear. Uh, it could mean that even if you encounter or experience fear, continue to do this. Or it could be the idea that I should respect this person as someone made in God's image. And then he concludes by encouraging us to have a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. That is, we must live in accordance with our testimony. So this is apologetics, and this is an introduction. I hope it builds your confidence. May God bless you. For more information on how you can host a practical apologetics conference at your church or to listen to past episodes, please visit apologeticsforthechurch.org.